0: All right, number 4 for 2020.
1: All right. Feeling good about it.
0: Yeah. Feeling very energized. Nice.
1: Yeah. It it sounds like one of those uh years that should be remembered in history. What's but the
0: what's the animal that um it's the Chinese New Year of? Fuck,
1: I don't know. <laughs> to you? No. What were you, what were you, It'll I be was the rat the, or something it, like
0: I think that. I was in the year of the dog, 94. Please. Why do they have a year Clipper. of the rat?
1: Because Chinese people like see them as a virtuous creature. Really? Yes, they like the fact because the the very reason that Westerners hate rats is why Chinese love rats because, because they see them as cunning.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? Yes, yeah, they're cunning and they they're clever, they're Sninky. enterprising.
1: Yeah, they are enterprising. They always they no take matter opportunities w- where they they can. so
0: do yeah. <laughs> Wherever they are in the world, they find a place to live and they find a place to procreate. So
1: many crap animals in Western culture that <laughs> they never complain. They look up to what?
0: They never complain. Rats, do no. they? it's not like no, no, oh, no, no. I need they make all the this best of their
1: conditions, perfect
0: environment. No, no,
1: they uh, thought the convict ships were like PO cruisers. Wow, I don't know. I mean, it's just like nine months of hard yeah. tack. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Go the rat. Yeah. <laughs> But
0: um, so this podcast, this is this is your uh, your podcast. Um, well, you're Your topic. Tell us a bit about what you want to talk about oh, and man. why.
1: So dumb in comparison to last week's. <laughs> Let's talk about fun, and the reason we should fun. I think, yeah, hmm. as a broad concept, because I've been thinking about this a lot.
0: Loving hey, those sweat what patches, is fun?
1: How do you have it? You like this, huh? Holy hell! Hot. Get used to. Oh man, there's going to be an hour of that, and it's only going to get worse. It's because of your light, and also the fact that I'm a wog. But it is these. These are not a good combination. You can't
0: put the aircon on because then you you pick that up on the audio. So we're uh, we're really (laughs) suffering here, people.
1: It's a, it's a tough Fuck, life. Gonna, uh, well, you know, thanks for uh, pointing that out. Actually, I think it's we better gotta, that we address it than we've gotta done. Got to wear
0: the black shirt. You got nothing. I got
1: nothing. Yeah. You're using brute, are you? No, I don't. I don't use deodorant. Wow. Well, you just have no skin pores. It's just smooth like latex. I think I'm just genetically.
0: I'm just used to much hotter weather. Oh, yeah.
1: That's <laughs> <a good sense. laughs> All right. So you only start sweating at like. 60 degrees celsius man. yeah so even that that's
0: just a few little drops <laughs> and you really start uh getting drenched at about 70 80 degrees
1: no no well mm. man it's such a bad combination being half scottish half croatian of course it's going to eventuate in the mm. fat
0: oh, i did not know you're half scottish
1: now you do you oh are. but yeah i am <laughs> it's just it's not that great is it it's such a it's such a boring thing to be a part of. It's just like I'm just, I'm I'm not technically English. A from convict blood, or were you a sett or was your family uh, settlers? Here? No, they were settlers. Okay. I've got no interesting story about that. Oh no, actually, I did find out on ancestry.com You know what? No, they were free settlers, but he was more or less shanghaied onto a ship to come here. So it was kind of against his will. He was just some gutter rat. What uh, was a rat. What uh, period of time are we talking about here? Oh, Like the 1860s or something like that. Okay. And yeah, so he was just some gutter rat in Scotland and then some <laughs> admiral was just like, right oh boy, I'm going to discipline you. right Oh.
0: <laughs> and just took him we're to We're taking Australia. you down south. Uh, not the best Scottish accent. It's better than mine, right? Oh. <laughs> dude, I was just
1: some medieval executioner in London. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> lad. Well, it's not you bad. Teach you, do you do some discipline. as we they, And On from the this shut. angle, you do look quite Scottish, mm. looking down, right, oh, lad. Can't even do it. <laughs> yeah, but, but anyway, um, fun, sorry.
0: fun. Um, Tell me about fun.
1: Well, I don't know anything about it. This is the whole. <laughs> 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 you tell <laughs> me, uh, man.
0: Uh, you seem like a fun guy. <laughs> uh, how do you enjoy this concept known as fun? I, I believe Which is the I, in a I always thought it was below me, but um, I suppose I should have uh, some of this uh, fun that you speak of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and how do we have it again? Fox hunting, fencing, squash. Hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I think, yeah, I think the way that it should be teased out hmm. is that. First off, I remember reading a book years ago. Fuck. Jesus. It's the exact opposite of that. It is. What you just said is how my brain works. Hmm. Um, But I remember reading a book years ago that was talking about the concept of play. Yeah. And I think that for everybody, because it's, first of all, look, it sparks creativity, which is... The thing that not only we need in our job, that just everybody needs to have that facet of some level of that skill in life, as we discussed with creativity. Podcast. So, when we talk about
0: play, are we just talking about games? We're talking about the way children play with each other. No, or what the, talk- the
1: action of play in the brain. How the brain goes. Oh, oh this is play. Oh, okay. So sure. <sighs> You know when you see puppies or kittens playing with string, for instance, or puppies just wrestling with each other? Uh-huh. There's an element of aggression to that. It's a bit sinister. It looks really cute when they're tussling around, but essentially what puppies are learning is how much pressure they need to apply to another mammal before they can crack its windpipe.
0: That's extremely sinister. <laughs> I know. Well,
1: and essentially... they so cute. It is so cute, though. I don't get it. And it's mm. the same thing with otters raping each other. That's adorable. <laughs> but...
0: <laughs> well, we did forcibly... Well, we used eugenics, didn't we? We got, wild... we got wolves and, and wild cats and basically bred them into these cute little fluffy things that we can keep at home.
1: Yeah. Well, was that... Again, it was but like they... a half-half thing, actually, when it came to that. The evolution of both of them, they... cats just hung around and they didn't fuck off and they and after a while humans just started tolerating them cuz were eating mice. Yeah,
0: actually, they were they were wild cats that were about the size of a domestic cat and as soon as humans started um, well as soon, from the advent of agriculture, yeah, they just they they realized there were a lot of mice around where these humans are. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, "Oh, they they're pretty cute."
1: Yeah, it was kind of just familiarity. And it's kind of the same that happened with dogs as well, apparently. But that happened in caveman times, not agricultural times. But I
0: imagine surely some breeds of dogs were, were came about through some form of uh, eugenics, right? Like surely the poodle. Oh, yeah. There's no like Darwinian no, <laughs> no, no, that, that element to the poodle's existence. <laughs>
1: that or thing pugs. would die instantly. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, pugs. Yeah, apparently all those skin folds actually, they're in pain constantly.
1: Yeah. I hate thinking about that. Price for do, do, do that <laughs> our <day>. pleasure. <laughs> and on top of that, it is very pleasurable. Oh, without a doubt. Any gal. dog that has a major disability I is mean, the cutest ones.
0: What's the brand that always uses uh, pugs to advertise? Is it Kleenex? Is it? No. No, it's Kleenex Sorb- uses the shower pad. Sorbent. Is it? No, not. Uh, it's a toilet paper brand, isn't it? Probably.
1: The ones mm-hmm. that I know is the Labrador, and then that roly-poly dog, which I found was a Pei the other day, and actually aren't as cute. They just look cute when they're puppies, and it's not a good investment because they are fucked when they're older. Might actually be it's a Labrador, filthy.
0: maybe not a Pug. Anyway, oh okay, I can't remember. No, I <laughs> yeah, feel like there's one brand that uses Pug. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> I suppose not. Uh, okay, but fun. okay,
0: so uh, so play as it relates to the development of any. Mammal? Are we talking about that sort of yeah, play? Yeah, and then I okay. was
1: also saying that uh, boys, for instance, that wrestle with their son... I'm uh, sorry, men that wrestle with their son, um, they're, bas- they're, they're stimulating the same thing. And as a result of that, just, just by stimulating that play mode, because I mm. remember that as a kid, the thing that I loved the most was wrestling my dad. Same, yeah. yeah. And... Um, if that uh, isn't activated in a kid, in a, in a boy, uh, they are less empathetic and also uh, l- they, yeah, just, just less socially aware. That is actually the way that you stimulate uh, social intelligence in a boy. It's kind of just built into the nodes of a woman to be socially intelligent as soon as they're born.
0: Wow. Why but do you think that is? Is that uh, because they are testing the boundaries when they're playing with their most likely much stronger father, they're testing the boundaries of uh, pain thresholds. and When it goes too far. Because do you remember
1: this? Do you remember this? Doing little cheap moves as well. I I distinctly remember this one day when I was just getting so annoyed at constantly losing to my dad in wrestles. Mm. And I remember just like... This desperate, it was just so true. It's just, babies are sociopaths who don't have the ability to kill yet, aren't they? I remember it was like when I was five or something. It was such a fucked move. Like, just gouged his eye. Like, it just went, and just jabbed a finger straight in his eye. And then he was just like, all right, that's the end of the game. Like, went into the bathroom, probably like just quietly sobbed for a bit. And then it was just, and didn't wrestle me for weeks after. It was just like, nah, you don't get to play, mate. You fight dirty. Yeah, and 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 I had to be like, please, Dad, I'll never do it again for ages after. So, do you think that the
0: uh, pain associated with breaking the rules allows you to understand the concept of rules?
1: Yeah, that there is just there's ramifications to being a psycho.
0: Ah, Yeah, right. (laughs)
1: There's there's a bit of that involved, and it's again that same thing that happens when you see puppies tussling around, and you hear one of them yelp too much, and then the other puppy, kind of shocked, moves away. It's, again, just feeling out where the boundaries are.
0: And that's why the best fighters are always grow up in broken homes without a father. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no boundary for hard. me. <laughs> I'll just keep fighting. That makes a lot of... That's, that probably is the case. Probably. And um, so, the, look, there's that element of it that it just mm. kind of... It, it develops you for the rest of your life if you are having fun and you have play mm-hmm. and you can see it a lot actually when you look at say um, there's this documentary called seven up which is great i highly recommend anybody watch it yeah i think i was explaining it to you once before and it really just shows because it's that it was based off the concept of freud's like give me the boy at seven and i'll show you the man And it's true, man, because they've been following these British cohorts, like some from, you know, Cockney, England, yeah, and then some from really posh England that went to public schools, which is their private schools there, and middle-class Britain and rural Britain. They showed a bunch of kids there, and then they showed what they're like at 14, at 21, at 28, at 35, every seven years. Um, And you could um, accurately predict what they would be
0: like from the age of seven.
1: Almost invariably. There was a couple of exceptions.
0: Wow. So is that in terms of... What are we talking about? Personality, character traits?
1: Yes, there was a personality. There was also character traits, but also just the trajectory of life.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, you know, kids that went to public schools, uh, their private schools, you know, they ended up being journalists and lawyers. But Um, but is that... That's not too surprising, is it? No. But what is surprising is seeing that their attitudes, what their attitudes are like at seven. Because again, it's that thing of just like, when you grow up in your own culture, you just assume that everyone in the world is like that. But if you see just these little microcosms of seven-year-olds then, wow, and then you that's ask... So true. Yeah. And you ask like upper-class British people, like, what do you do for fun? Like you ask lower-class British people, and they'll be like, I whack me friend James with a stick and he whacks me back. Like, that'll be their like, version oh, yeah. of fun. And then you ask, you know, like, you know, upper-class British kids, what do you do for fun? They're like, mm, I read the London Times. And then the other <laughs> one's like, mm, I read the... Observer. At seven. Yeah, they're seven. And that's their attitude then. So they're obviously just being imprinted with the attitudes of what their parents and s- surrounding yeah. society... and like, So th- their concepts of what is fun mm. or what is anything really. Like, you ask the, the lower-class ones, like, they ask kids from uh, orphans. It's the saddest thing of the entire... Um, documentary is always going back to every seven years. They won't let up on it. It's because they have these two orphans. Are they still going? They're still going. Like some of them dropped out, some of them come back. And okay. But mostly they just keep interviewing them every seven years. Some of them are dead now as well. And, yeah, there's just this one scene where they have the three private school boys... And they say, what university are you going to? And at seven, they're just like, mm, I think I'll go to King's postgraduate at Oxford. And they're like, I might do the same. And they're saying all that stuff. Mm. And then it cuts to an orphan. And they say, what university are you going to? And the, uni- and the orphan says, what's university? And dude, he drops out at fucking year 10. You know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then they ask the other one, like, it's just like, what are you going to do after school? And like, you know, they'll just be like, well, I think I'll be able to be a lawyer and I'll be a politician. And that's exactly what they became. And then the, the orphan I can, kids.
0: I can relate to that because in the. What we were talking about in the last podcast, uh, in, the, uh, in the Indian culture, particularly in the sort of upper class Indians from India that have migrated, there's not a lot of. There's not a huge realm of what is. Um, not what is allowed necessarily, but what you consider possible. It's like, are you going to be a doctor, an engineer? What, it's it's like, what are you going to study at university? The question is, not yes. are you going to university? It's it's what are you going to study yeah. at university? And what in
1: these pr- three pre-approved fields are you going? Yeah. to study? Yeah, like, yeah. So I be never considered you it, as being an art.
0: No, it never it never even um, occurred to me. I remember. A- <laughs> Being about 12 or 13 and um, a lot of my friends' older siblings had either graduated or were in their late teens and they were just working in retail and I remember just being shocked. And I, I, I just, I just, I, think I asked <laughs> my mum, like, why do all these people work at shops, mum? And then my mum was like, well, most people actually work in, in shops. And I was like, but didn't they go to university? I was just shocked. And like I said, it's my like parents your, are not you. super strict Indians, but it just shows how powerful that uh, in in that in that particular instance, how powerful the the culture of uh, academic
1: excellence is. Yeah, it no, it's upbringing. really shaped. Hasn't yeah, it? it's it's completely shaped the person that you are as those attitudes. Yeah, well, everyone, right? Yeah. Without a doubt. And so like I think that again this, this boils down to this idea because I, I, I'm just very interested in it because I'm interested in the subject of creativity and I find it because I just think that it's so obviously tied to our industry that you need to be good at creativity. But I think that there I I've I've gone back from that because I thought that originally, you know, my original concept when I came into comedy was mm-hmm. gotta be funny. But then I realised that being funny is actually Uh, linked a lot to just playing around with ideas and so then i started Mm -hmm. it's like when i understood like the techniques of stand-up and i understood joke theory i then Mm -hmm. started moving out to creativity because it's just like well where does the play with ideas come from how do you get better at playing around with ideas and so that moved into creativity right yeah and then the next point after that was just like after a while you realize like no actually what you need to do is you need to be in a state of mind to be creative in the first place now there's obviously like creative faculties in there that in some people, as we've mentioned, have creative intelligence and some people don't. But the the I think the one where you zoom out the most, and I remember Hamish and Andy talking about this, and obviously because you didn't really grow up with Hamish and Andy, it wasn't the same thing, but I do remember for our generation they were kind of like our Simpsons, like an Australian Simpsons, I guess. Mm, I was a bit younger. You were a it bit was, younger. Uh,
0: who was I listening to back then? The Hot 30 countdown with... Uh... <laughs>
1: Big Z and Tim.
0: Yeah, that was it. Big. It was always Big Z and someone. And then there was ones where it was just one guy, but I forget his name. Hot 30 with Leo or something like that? Anyway.
1: Yeah, me fucking neither.
0: Go on. <laughs>
1: yeah, but like the, the talent really bottomed out after those two. But I remember listening to them, and I always just we remember, like, oh my God, they're so funny. This is like the peak of comedy. And I still do think they're extremely talented comedians, but they do not look at the frame... Of comedy from comedy they're never trying to crack jokes they're trying to have fun that's what they're aiming at and so i started thinking about yeah. it from that context and then i started moving into what is fun like what, what actually is it like when did when was the last time you felt like you were having and like can you remember a specific instance of having fun it's actually pretty fucking nebulous like, I don't know like I well, I'm kind of right. like having fun now talking yeah. to you. That's one type of fun. Yeah. But like what if it's you could It's a con- very
0: broad concept.
1: Yeah. And it's like when you were talking about lucid dreaming, right? Mm. I think it's the same thing. I think like there's probably something in your brain where you could control fun. And I think that it would just make all of your social contexts a lot better. Not just comedy, if but just can like when you switch on the fun. In, if you can switch on fun.
0: Do you think that it's a a conscious a conscious state of mind that i if you if you go into a situation specifically saying i'm i'm going into this to have fun it will at least contribute to a greater sense of enjoyment which can be slightly connected to the concept of fun
1: yeah but that's okay. with every state, mm. every single state. When it, and you know this from getting up on stage, right? Like what we were saying, you want to be kind of like relaxed and excited at the same time. Yeah. So you meditate and then you start jumping up and down. Yeah. So you're moving into a state of mind when you enter the, the comedy scene. So there's definitely things that you can do to have fun,
0: <laughs> as it were. Do you think it's when you're just living purely in the moment or as much as possible, you're living in the moment and you're not thinking into the future? Yeah. And things are just happening extremely naturally. So you're not you're not over analyzing your next move, be it social or verbal.
1: But do you find that hard? I find that really hard.
0: Yeah yeah. Well, okay, if we relate it to comedy, there's times when I get in the zone, if you will, where I'm just ext- I'm just so comfortable on stage. I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking about oh, what can I do to improve. The energy of this crowd—it's just all, everything is flowing, yeah—and everything is in this sort of natural state, yeah, of, um, of flow. I—I I don't know how you would describe it, but that, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm having fun on stage. I'm just enjoying my time being on stage. Where at the time there are other times where it seems quite methodical, and I feel like I'm working, and that's not fun. Have you had that where you've had a bad audience or you just, you're not in the best yeah. headspace and then you feel like, okay, I have to lift the energy up. I have to, what's my next, What? how can I change this set to, uh, to, get, to get the energy up to where I want it to be? That's, yeah, that's, for me, that's not fun. Yeah.
1: Mm. So it is living in the moment, but the thing is, like, what dictates that? Because I understand that there's definitely, so, but it also... It is really strange because sometimes I walk out to the audience and I can tell that the audience is enjoying this situation more than I am. It seems like I'm having the least fun in the fucking room. Yeah,
0: because it's your job. You're going to work when everyone else is going somewhere to escape from work. Yeah, That's but those those is. nights
1: where you knock it out of the park, you're having more fun than the audience is. Uh, sure. Yeah,
0: but they they'd also be having a I don't know if you'd be having more, you could be having the same amount. But
1: you just kind of,
0: yeah, again, you... Because you're in the position that you're controlling that fun, so you might be having even more fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're the puppeteer.
1: But you're... Mm. Yes. That's a good way of putting it, I guess. It's just, yeah, sometimes you just feel like you're the puppeteer, and sometimes you feel like um, you're a robot just like a not very yeah. well oiled robot oh without a doubt because you just start reverting back to basics of comedy that you yeah. kind of just learn these rules and then you just use them yeah on the crowd right but see this is the difference don't you think that sometimes when you're in that fun zone and uh-huh. you're doing ad-libbing like when you're in the fun zone and you're doing ad-libbing yeah it just works like it does oh, like yeah. anything that comes out of your mouth is funny and there's oh, like and like you're not even thinking about it then afterwards you're just like Dude, that ad-lib was on point. That was a really witty, fast ad-lib. And where did it come from? But then sometimes you're just yeah. there and you're just having this mechanical thing and just being like, oh, okay, just ask where they're from. Pay them out. Like, for Banks Town. fuck you. Like, <laughs> you, you know, like... Yeah. It's not... Oh, 100%, yeah. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. So this is what I'm saying is, like, I think that the, the subject of fun is... Dude, it's, like, really important. It's particularly for us, but I think with everybody, like... Even if you, anything that you're doing in your life, if you are having fun doing it, that is not going to be a waste. It's, it's again that thing of just being in that flow state of being present hmm. and... Want, you're
0: instantaneously more likeable.
1: Instantaneously more likeable.
0: Hmm. Um, you can tell people in it just a social interaction who are actually having fun. If you're at a party, you, you immediately gravitate towards people who are Having, having fun. fun.
1: So how the fuck do you do it? Wouldn't it be like that's what I'm saying? Like it'd be awesome if you could turn that on as a switch. But like, I think that a lot of our job is to try and have fun, and even we are constantly—it's just this Uh, cloud.
0: Not not only that, it's to—it's to uh, uh, create—it's to give the audience fun as well.
1: Well, that's the whole thing because we're generating fun the audience is going to be p- be picking up on that vibe and yeah. i suppose we're at the stage now where we don't really need to create a vibe because when people come out and see you they're just going to be in a better mindset because they're going Generally, to yeah. see someone yeah as but opposed to just uh, like, I, uh, I hope this night's good
0: yes but there are still instances where i've performed to crowds that clearly are just not as into it as other crowds even though they've come to see me and i still need to i need to work a bit harder to generate to uh produce the same energy and enthusiasm within the crowd
1: yeah i mean there's definitely varying degrees of energy and i completely understand what you're talking about but man you remember doing open mic that that it was a different beast it was (coughs) when no one knows who you are it was brutal that's how you
0: get better though the the, the comedians that can create the same level of fun that we create with an audience that already knows us. If they can create that to 20 people in an open mic, they are very good comedians. Yeah, This is what people don't understand. Whenever people uh, tell me like, who are some good comedians I should watch? I've heard of this person. I've heard of this person. If you really want to see good comedians, don't go to the people who are yeah. famous because all they've done is perform to people who love them for years. Yeah. And as a result, it hasn't really shaped and, 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 uh sanded out the, the 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 roughness of their act in order to appeal to everyone as much as possible go and see the headliners that are just traveling the country yeah performing to like people who are just disinterested every night and managing to get them onto their side yeah go and see that they're the best comedians in the in the world they are famous famous comedians are, well to become a favorite well if the if the hierarchy is uh, uh a if it's well, uh, well equipped to properly um, measure comedic talent, then you could say that the famous comedians are people who have who have gone through that and excelled at that. But it's not at all. There's so much other things that come yeah. into like you no, know, marketability and, and connections and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, though, usually if you're good on that open mic level, you tend to become famous. Not always but yeah or at
1: least proficient enough yeah that's that's it yeah uh,
0: but if you want to see the best comedians I'm, just, I'm telling our listeners not to see us, us?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> go and see people who have uh, who just perform to like horrible crowds every night they are the best
1: yeah and i think it must be something to do with the fact that they're able to get in state in spite of what the audience is like
0: yeah, that's exactly that's probably
1: what's That's probably what's getting ironed out because I remember seeing this guy and I can't even remember his name, but you know him. I know for a fact because I was talking to you about him. Mm-hmm. Um, what does he look like? He's, he's English and he has a Jufro that's ginger, I think. And he's into basketball.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Legacy. Yeah, Kyle Legacy. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think he's a very, very good comedian. Yeah. And there was four people at his audience. He's
0: the perfect example of someone who can turn on the fun... Can turn on
1: the fun. That guy's a bundle of fun. But see, this is the other thing. He that just I does
0: crowd is... work as well. He doesn't even so, do too. And do.
1: it, I was entertained the whole time. Yeah. And but there was a there was a level of presence there, and I think one of the elements is that yes, he's just doing that night after night, so he's constantly in that state. I think also the thing is that he, I think he's like a little bit drunk when he goes on stage.
0: <laughs> 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 he, well, he definitely might be a little bit high. A Little bit high. Probably side. both. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the best comedians are usually, um, well, in America, definitely, the ones who drink and and smoke. They're always the best comedians. It's just living in the... Well, I have a joke about that. I I, I say I can never be a great comedian because I'm not depressed. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Like, I'm too... And I think we're both like that. We're way too organised and conscientious and just methodical in the way we even analyse comedy and think about it, that actually the best comedians, like you say, are people who just... They're probably not even thinking about the concept of the, of fun. It just happens naturally to them.
1: I know, and that's why I think there's probably a good thing to discuss it with you as well, because, look... The way that we got to where we are is because we do have very analytical minds that are able to just like break it down piece by piece and go, oh, I need to go there now, you know, like, so it's actually that is a thing of just a lot of famous comedians have that mindset. Yeah. And that's why the good comedians, good comedians, more or less, are just funny people. Yeah, I'm, and they're not yeah. intelligent or hard working a lot of the time. <laughs> like, exactly. Hard Dude, they way. just rock up the The laziest late to their profession in the world. Yeah. It's great. Well, it can be. It can, true, It can true. be. It can be as hard working as you want or as lazy as you want it to be. And I think that we're just more on that field of just putting like heaps of effort into For it. You, you know?
0: But that's uh our comedy wouldn't if we tried to go the other way, I don't think our comedy would uh Get any better because you need to also be true to your the way you perceive the world. And if we perceive the world through that lens, then we need to put out that product. Mm. If we're if we're purposely trying to be something we're not on stage, which is like the happy-go-lucky, carefree, fun dude. That's just not. I mean, we'll we'll still be you know. Look at this. We're not. <laughs> look at me. What I'm saying. We're not fun. We're robots. Um, <laughs> look, I think like we can. A... We can. You can improve it, but I think that's a very natural thing. What's I, natural? I, uh, just uh, being a funny person, being a good joke writer is a learned skill that, and it's a discipline you can get a lot better at. But being just a funny human being, I, I, I don't think that can be taught.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that actually either of us are naturally funny. What we are I'm definitely is like, not. Yeah, I think we're, we're naturally good performers. We're character actors, really. Yeah. If you look,
0: your videos and my videos, are the funniest parts are when we're putting on the voices. When we're not yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you're you us. What else is most I'm not fucked like as
1: well? <laughs> this, is, this is something that I do not want to admit to myself. and I don't know why I'm admitting it now, but... It's, it, I've, I've just realised it the other day when I was looking back at it. I mean, I feel most comfortable when I'm a character. I don't even feel comfortable being on... I mean, I still feel comfortable on stage being on or screen just in, and on stage because or... I've just done so much of it. But that's why when I first started doing comedy, I was always doing character acting, I think. It's just, it just f- came more natural to me. Yeah,
0: I was exactly the same. I started off in acting and all my stand-up to begin with was just, I was myself, but I, the, the punchline would always be me putting on a voice or doing an impression.
1: Mm.
0: Now it actually, now it has changed. I'm probably more myself on stage and it's just my opinions, but yeah, yeah. And you know, you see that with all the best character actors, Chris Lilly, Sasha Baron Cohen, when they do interviews as themselves, they're not funny. They're actually very shy mm. and softly spoken. Mm. Sasha Baron Cohen in person is not a funny guy at all. No. He's no, very serious. No. He's quite yeah. posh. Yeah. He's, there's nothing
1: funny about him. And you can tell that he's remarkably educated. Yeah. Um, but see, this is the whole thing though, right? Like, This is what I think is, would be the winning combination in life because it's the same thing as over as what you're saying as well. It's, it's, the, the funnest people that I know, mm. they're, they're train wrecks sometimes they're so fun that (laughs) somebody kind of just gives them this family welfare I guess and you know they might get a girlfriend that's very hard working and they'll just latch onto that girlfriend and that girlfriend will buy a house and stuff like that and they're just like yeah awesome but do you ever get
0: frustrated being around those people for two for uh, an extended period of time yes because it's not my personality yeah I can handle it in short, in, in small bursts, and after a while, I just feel like I, I, need, I need to either work myself or be around someone who's working or at least talking about something that isn't necessarily fun. Yeah. After a while, I can't deal. I know those sorts of people that you're talking about the you know the people that the 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 people at the party that everyone's like yeah that guy the legend <laughs> you know, no, everyone loves him. I can, see why I, like, I can see why, I like, I can see why they have the legendary status in a social situation. But after, I personally can't, I struggle to hang around those people for extended periods of time. Yeah, me too. I, I just can't do it. Yeah. but I see, get frustrated yes. <laughs> with how
1: much fun they're having, which is so bad. See, don't you think that it's kind of a bit... Wouldn't it be cool if you could turn on your brain and say, all right, for the next eight hours, I'm just going to have fun and not just be like, yeah, you probably should be working now.
0: Yeah. And that is actually something I've uh, tried to do a little bit over the last couple of months, definitely. It's actually a lot easier. It's a lot um,
1: easier said than done. Yeah. That's what I'm at. Uh, I'm at that same point. It's just like, yeah, okay, I understand that there's like an element there where you're supposed to be very present. Yeah. But then I'm just constantly, you're constantly in your head just thinking like I'm a prisoner now and obviously you're you not. You know what it is? It's
0: because our job doesn't, part of it at least, is that our job never actually ends. No. Most people, the nine to five, they come home, all right, the job's finished for the day. They don't have to think about it. Whereas work, all, I'm always thinking about the next thing I have to do. Yeah. Because there's always something else I have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. it's, it definitely makes it harder to to live in the moment and just veg out and relax and have fun. Mm. But I'm I do
1: uh I've I've gotten better at it, I think. Well what's the improvement?
0: I've uh I feel like I'm a lot better at just living in the moment and and putting aside anything that I have to do for at least a while. You can do that? No, it's still it's still (laughs) in my mind, but compared to what it used to be, I, I think I've improved. Yeah. Okay. Mm, not exceedingly so, and I think it is just a personality type in the end. And you and I will always probably be like that.
1: But see, this is the thing that, like, uh, it, it does... <laughs> Look, they, 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 dude, there has to be something that we could do, or, or you could isolate.
0: Well, this is fun. Like, I have fun doing
1: this. Yeah, me too, man. Like Like, I do, in the moment, and I do enjoy. Like it is like one of the highlights of my week coming here, and that's true. It is sort of in the moment, but yeah. The spirit of the spirit of inspiration, I guess, it, it comes out of fun. Like sometimes when you're hanging around those fun people, they will be saying things that are funnier than anything that you've ever said, and it's just lost to the moment. And it's like very contextual and it's, okay, it, yeah. it, it's almost, you, you wouldn't be able to recreate that on stage. And this is like that other book that I was reading years ago that was talking about the difference between funny people and comedians. But yeah. that's, a, that's a big aspect of the fact that some people are funny and some people are comedians. Because it's, it's in the fucking word, isn't it? Like this one is comedy. This one is funny. So the, the root word of that is fun. Mm. And the root word of comedy—I mean, comedian—is comedy. Comedy is an art form. Mm. It's like it's like an actual skill. Whereas funny, fun—it's—it's a different part of the brain. Yeah, but it's—you see, they're kind of linked. Yeah,
0: I—I—I can see. (laughs) I see what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree that um, being able to get into the 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 mentality of having fun easier will necessarily improve our ability as comedians you don't well because our the way we operate and the way we design our comedy and think about it is it's totally different to that live in the moment fun mentality we are very methodical and analytical and Think about what we're trying to say and how we're going to construct the joke and how we structure it and, and not just joke, joke but videos and all of that, and it would be reframing our entire process so yes. it would it, but that's what I, I want though
1: don't you think that would be a good thing if you could if you could encap I mean, put bad. that I, into the process
0: but but don't you think it works uh it doesn't really it can't really work in tandem with the process because they're two they're two d- definitively separate um ways of um constructing comedy yes so so by uh by adding the fun element to what we can say is i guess the methodical way of designing comedy it would be taking away from the from the the way we uh construct our comedy which has been so effective
1: i agree but this is where I think that it like it, it would it would play in right is that our mindset, and I think that is is of no one pats us on the back enough by getting hundreds of thousands of likes each week. But the thing it <laughs> views each week. But the thing is that, um, you know, yes, we we've built up a skill set and a, and a process in our mind, and we were talking about that in a previous podcast how you just keep. Trying, trying to decipher what that process that's just kind of habitual now is yeah. when you're moving in this way, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be good to come back to that material at some point and be able to switch your brain and say, okay, now I'm going to look at this in a completely different way. And what does that look like if I play around with this, like this, instead of just being like, does this... Because you know what I realise when I do my stand-up now? It's kind of just like piece of information joke piece of information joke yeah is that joke good enough no i can make something stronger it would be amazing if you could look at that same work and just be like i'm gonna have fun with this work now i'm just gonna like you know oh you know just random thoughts coming into your head and some of those thoughts are just going to be because your mind is just free associating it's going to come up with different things because don't you think that after a while what What's and, and you know how like you were saying that your goal in life is to be one of the best comed- like to make one of the best comedy stand up shows of all time right? Yeah, yeah. D- dude, there there has to be some element to that because after a while when you're just making that process over and over again, our comedy over yeah, time yeah, yeah. is going to become more and more similar to each other's I think because we're just going <laughs> to get those like skill sets. More and more set in place because there's like okay, there, there is yeah. a there is a structure to comedy that people don't right. understand, yeah, right? Yeah, like unless yeah. you, but there is an invisible structure there, and so like so the, the next that, step would be to make like you know like un- you can then transcend what the rules structure. Are, but yeah, you can transcend the structure. Yeah. Like you can just play around with it. Because don't you think, do you that, think that, that sometimes would happen you, see nat- a do you joke? think that could
0: happen naturally um, by virtue of just being so prolific at that particular skill that eventually because you've mastered it so effectively you just end up having fun i'm only relating that to something like we always we always come back to this topic like pick up artistry if you will (laughs) if you will there's all these rules and uh there's a there's a sort of there's a structure and a discipline you have to learn as to how to speak to a girl and conduct yourself in that environment but really the most effective People are just people who don't think about it and, and get there, and it just comes naturally to them. But they've they've that's a byproduct of having uh, honed in that skill so much that it then just happens naturally. That their mind then can get to the point where it's having fun because it's so drilled into them. So what I'm saying is, do you think it could just happen naturally that if you perfect the the art of comedy to such a degree that the byproduct is simply because your mind's no longer having to
1: think to the same extent, it will just have fun. Do you think that that's happened to you though? I don't think it's happened to me. I I think my mind's just gotten rigider and rigider each year.
0: No, I think it has because I, like I said, I used to be much more of a character actor and depend on that. And now I am far more comfortable being myself on stage. Mm-hmm. Videos is a different. Like in my video, I'm never myself in my videos. Very well, this I, this is a video where I'm myself, but I do think having uh, I wouldn't say I've mastered it by any means, uh, but definitely having improved on my uh, on on just the effectiveness of writing and performing comedy, I've been able to feel more comfortable on stage and as a result um it's easier to get to that the zone when i'm performing and 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 and, and be in that fun mindset yeah
1: yeah because you you've uh it's it's the it's the four stages of learning right where it's just like unconscious incompetence which is i don't know what i'm doing and yeah. i don't even know i'm doing something wrong then there's Conscious incompetence, which is I now know what I'm doing wrong. And yeah. then there's conscious competence, which is I know what to do right now, but I have to think about it. And then there's unconscious, uncom- uh, unconscious competence, which is I yeah. just have done it so many times, I and don't need to it. think so about it. So you're getting Once to that you get stage. to that
0: stage, then do you think the fun would just naturally occur?
1: I don't know. I, I, I Look, I understand what you're saying, but I think that that's just those what, – what you're describing to me just sounds like proficiency doesn't necessarily sound like fun. It just seems like you're just saying it on auto-tune, uh, like on autopilot so that your brain can kind of, it's just, your brain's more relaxed. And so it's able to get into state quicker, right? But I'm okay. saying, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing if you could go on stage? And I'm not saying that you should ever do it or that you like, you would ever want to do it, but wouldn't it be amazing if you could go on stage with nothing and know that you're gonna be all right?
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, it didn't Bill Burr, doesn't Bill Burr have a quote that, um, it's something like material is what comedians revert to when they're not, when they're not being funny or something like that. I don't know exactly the quote, but he's implying that the best comedians don't actually need material. Yes. just go on stage and, and, and be funny. Yeah. Yeah. The best comedians are people who just can, can crowd work extremely well. Hmm. But then again, there there's something really admirable when you when you can when you can see a very well constructed joke and and understand exactly what they're saying. It's changed your perspective. It's done all the uh, all the things that a great joke is meant to do, and that never happens to the same extent when it's just someone doing crowd work.
1: No, that's and you know the 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 proof in the pudding in that is that when I see your stand up, there are points of your stand-up that I vividly remember right uh, that I can actually remember the point that you were making because there's construct to it like mm-hmm. when I see Kyle Legacy for instance I can't remember anything of it I just remember that I had a blast yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. that's the, he's the perfect example those are the two different types right you're welcome Kyle we're giving you so many shout-outs so you know he deserves it as well he's,
0: he's a good dude uh, Kyle Legacy <laughs> his, his, his <laughs> accent is great chaps
1: yeah um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's, yeah, I I don't know. I personally would really like that thing because I think that sometimes when I look back now, and you're probably the same as well, but But when I look back at like previous work when I was say 18, Uh when I look back at that, a lot of those jokes are bad. Yeah. They're objectively bad. Yeah. But some of them are real. Fucking funny As in like I still cry with laughter And was that because You
0: that. were having more fun then And you weren't yeah. as mis-
1: And there wasn't any Structure to it So yeah. Some things just come out of nowhere Because I think that, And I remember hearing A bunch of other Comedians talk about this The best And, and there is You know how sometimes When you're watching A stand up show And yeah Like because you've just done so much of it, you just sit there and you're like, oh, okay, I get what he's done with that joke. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, mm. you know, and you're, you actually just kind of sit there deconstructing their jokes mm. while you're watching it in real time, right? Um, and then sometimes there's a joke where you're just laughing and and you're just like, why the fuck am I laughing Definitely, first yeah. off? Yeah, like, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. where did that come from? That came from fun. I'm telling mm. you now that came from fun. yeah. That is just out of that. pure inspiration, out of nowhere. It's just a thought that just went. You know what would be great? Being able to do both within within
0: the context of one show. Exactly. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Hmm. Having great, having like really well structured, intelligent bits, uh, littered with just moments of fun. Yeah. <laughs> do you see? Do you um? Do you use the same process for your videos? not necessarily the video but like the political the the political videos that involved a lot of character acting what was your process there because those are the ones where you're you're clearly you're making a, a very uh, strong political point but you're making that point through hilarious characters so how was your what was your process there like what how did you know when to when to make the point how much of the point had to be made before you got to the character how did yeah, that work? Well, no,
1: It's exactly what I do with my stand-up now, which is that I just write it as a serious essay first. Really? Yeah. And then I just go through it over and over and over and over and over again, just, just like, you know, this point needs a joke, this point needs a joke, this point needs a joke, and then just going back and being like, that joke is too weak, and then moving it in from there. But the thing is, you know, when I do stand-up, I've got a year to do it, so it's going to be way better than something that you have to pump out by Friday. Um, but the skill set is there. And so, like, as a result... And you know how, like, this kind of happens? I don't know if this happened to you as well. There was this this point in your career where you're kind of just like, is this funny or not? But now there is a point where you just kind of sit there and you're like, yeah, that'll get a laugh. Nah, that that won't really work. Yeah. Yeah, nah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That happens now. Yeah. And and it's, again...
0: It's not not always 100% accurate, but it's definitely a lot better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be some element of art to it, but, like, you really... You really are applying a science to it after a while. You know what I think can help with um, the, the
0: having fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, one, just stage time and being comfortable uh, on stage. One, not not thinking about your next joke and just chatting and just talking to the audience. Before you can master crowd work, you've got to just be comfortable on stage talking to them. Mm. So I found that I've been doing this Neil and Friends show for a while. Mm. So for the last ten Wednesdays, I've 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 done a Wednesday night comedy variety show. So I open it with um I open it with ten minutes of crowd work. And when I started, I was not as good at it. Um, I wasn't terrible, but I I was always depending on like, I need there to be funny people in the front row and things like that. And the last what the one I did last week and the show I did on Saturday, I was. There was at least fifteen to twenty minutes of me just riffing off the audience, and it went really well. Mm. So I think just by by virtue of um, doing the the time, ten thousand hours. What is it? Is that yeah, what it yeah. is? To master it, you can get really good at it. So yeah. coming back to Kyle, this podcast should just be called the Kyle Legacy Podcast. Uh yeah, which, well, he, he just gigs. Kyle's legacy. You know what he did in Edinburgh, didn't he? Do, he did he got the record for the most amount of gigs that a comedian's ever done at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Fuck. And no one knows him. It's a tragedy. Yeah, so he of course he's gonna be amazing at it. One, because he's just naturally very gifted, but two, he's doing it for hours a day. Yeah. That's that's all he does.
1: Yeah. But it would be amazing to hear what his process is for how he's getting there. Just so you have the recipe. Because there's definitely a recipe here, even when it comes to fun. Mm. See, so again, it's just like just the analytical mind going in. Just being like, how do you break fun down? But, <laughs> yeah, I know. But <laughs> That's probably the first bad step. It is. I
0: don't think it is. people who are having fun probably aren't, uh, don't have a process to get to the point of fun. It just happens very naturally.
1: And I think, it's, look... This is the other thing that I think the reason that you find this podcast more fun now than you did in the past is because you had the same thing that happened to me when I had the, the, the microphone in front of me. You had this like inclination that you just have to make jokes all the time because that's basically mm. your job as a comedian, right? Like it just has to be a joke every seven seconds. And you oh, know yeah. what? It's, it's, it, it has transferred into the rest of my life. And so it's just you, you're constantly in this very mechanical state I was just being like this constant compulsion that this moment needs to be funny somehow I hate all the that. time.
0: Yeah. Do you, are you in that cuz I felt I was in that when I started comedy and now I'm trying to
1: And now yeah now it's just it's kind so of like ah, fuck it.
0: It's exhausting. And there's it's it's very different trying to be funny in a social context versus on stage. I tell anyone, any time someone says, "Oh, tell us a joke." I'm like, "You won't laugh at it." It's not <laughs> no! it's <laughs> It's so different. I've Whoa. tried to do it. You, you, I'm a, when you're performing on stage to people who are there, there's a, first of all, there's a, there's a completely different status relationship that's happening. The person with the microphone in their hands on stage is very different to someone talking to two people in a, in a social group. Yeah. And the things that are going to be, that an audience are going to find funny, are completely different to what two people on a boys' night are going to find funny.
1: I don't exactly know why that is, but I know that that's what happens. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said a joke to someone who's been like, "Oh, tell us
0: a joke." Every time I've done it, you can tell they're did. forcing the. Lo- they're like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: not bad." I'm like, "Oh, you did not like that at all." Especially if Ugh. they're character-driven jokes, so it just doesn't work. It's a completely different context. It just it it never works. Unless you do, if you do one-liners or if you are a funny person, it can work. If you're like, yeah, like Kyle, <laughs> we just keep referencing this guy now. Kyle would probably be a lot funnier in a social setting than you or I. Easily.
1: Easily. I mean,
0: if it, just by listening to this podcast, you could tell we're not funny people. No. We're, no, <laughs> we're no, two no. comedians doing a podcast and it is probably one of the least funny podcasts in the country. Yeah.
1: There's nothing funny no, about is. this yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's, it's really up there with like RN Drive podcast. Yeah, it's and ABC for it's millennials. A- B- yeah. Um, no, that's that's that is definitely an element of I it. No, it's so liberating, don't you think? What I because ha- every
0: other interview or podcast, I'm I'm always like, okay, I have to be at least a little bit funny here. Yeah. Whereas this, I can I. It's liberating, honestly. It's it's like I can go into this.
1: Uh, not feeling like I have to be funny. See, And this it's is wonderful. the point that I'm, I'm getting to, right? Which is that the older I get, I'm kind of just realising like a comedian as a concept is, is sort of a 20th century concept. Well, yeah, because what... They're, they're sort of just personalities now. They're just a person people know. People... Well, I've heard that comedians are the philosophers of today. Yeah, dumbass philosophers. Yeah. They are
0: that, but... Accessible philosophers. Well, that's what... Don't you think that's what we're... We're used... Comedy is a tool for us. It doesn't come naturally. It's a way for us to subvert our perspective and opinions.
1: No, but don't you think that... Look, you probably started for the same reason, right? You started for like, oh, attention and people do laugh. And yeah. and like, then, then you realise that it's better to just dress up opinions and you use that as kind of like a vehicle to create laughs.
0: Absolutely. But that's a very methodical way of looking at
1: it, which we both have in common, which I think the funny person would not... No, no, but again, look, they are just focusing on fun. Their whole life revolves around fun. And so it's that same strategy in life and it goes back to those caveman things of just like there's leaders of men and there's travellers of men and those are the ones that have sex with women. And I think that that is the whole fucking point of like really what these two things are. It's just like leaders of men have these, uh, you know, they just just work harder than the other dudes and that's why they're (laughs) kind of like at the top You know, and then there's like travellers of men that just come into the camp, and like the the leader of the men will have all the women fawning around him because they're his women or whatever in that tribe, and then the traveller will just like fuck a couple behind their backs and fuck off, and that's they see the world through that. Those are your fun men in life, so they have a completely different way of approaching life, and as a result of that, it's that same thing of uh, look everything about their life I do not envy. They're usually broke. They're usually drug addicts. Um, the only thing I envy is their state of mind. The, yes, exactly. Because the
0: crazy thing is, yeah, yeah, people like you and I, the life is so much more organised, but we're not having the fun they're having when we look at their life and
1: and and, and you think, your life's in shambles. Yeah. Why are you having fun? But you're killing it. Some Like, yeah, it seems like it really feels like even where I go to a party now, like, uh, you know, objectively... Uh, uh, most of the people there, I'm doing better than them, right? But as soon as one of those fun people come to the party, you just, you're just a schmuck, you know? They're there, they're yeah. there. They've, they've got that ability to move into life like. And thing is, look, that is great. I really appreciate that those people exist. But I would love to harness just a little fucking aspect of you know what are they doing in their brain to get that i like
0: such an evil genius right now
1: yeah i <laughs> oh, mean that that is basically my life in a happy challenges. masses
0: <laughs> how to a super the weapon to find the ha- to uh, take the happiness from their brains and give it to me i have everything in life except happiness Oh. <laughs> uh mr bond <laughs> not you again
1: i can't deny any of it <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. do I'm
0: trying to create a happiness ray. Do you think it's a very clear <laughs> dichotomy that there are, you know, the travelers and the oh, leaders, if you will, and the, or in today's context, the f- the fun people and the uh, analytical people, or do you think it's a spectrum? <laughs> I'm talking about spectrums here. Where do you do you identify as uh, analytical or fun? cuz i think i'm well it's two different parts of the brain more suited to that analytic more to, much more towards that
1: analytical side but and you know what else as well i can still have fun yeah but like when do you cuz the uh, look, honestly basically the only times i mm. ever have fun is essentially when it's like some level of performing so this for instance yeah <laughs> there's some element of performing to it really good shows uh performing in
0: really uh, uh actually yeah maybe you're all right see you know what as I get yeah but
1: but so the as only time you get I older do you don't feel comfortable now is on stage.
0: I don't actually value just living in the moment fun compared to look when I was a teenager and, and an adolescent yes I would you have more fun because you just wanna that's all you're chasing right mm. I just want to play a video game Well that was fun when you're mm. playing video games and you mm. do all that whereas now I don't I don't actively seek that out.
1: No, that's because true. It's not
0: fulfilling.
1: No, or this is this is the real Buddhist question, though. Is is it actually fulfillment? Fun. Well, actually, the, the, living in the moment. There's, the, there's a great Buddhist saying, I think, which is just like enlightenment then dishes. Maybe that's it.
0: So we won't know until we're actually.
1: No, it's kind of enlightenment yeah but I think what they're saying is that like you just you have to get to a stage where you enjoy doing everything that's that's an enlightened stage uh huh so it doesn't matter what's happening if you've got cancer and you're getting chemotherapy you're supposed to be enjoying that moment that's I that's mean, like the teaching of it but the <laughs> thing is dude, do you that would be great I don't no one would no I don't see how that but there are people I know that do they're, and that's why they are those people that just kind of because they are dude they're just walking buddhas is that genet- do you think that's it. genetic or uh, environmental? Probably genetic. I I would agree. See, this is this, and that's the interesting point of this all, right? Like, it's just I think that the thing that um would link both of us is, is definitely not cultural. It is a gene that was turned on. Mm. now there's something mm. else that's called memetics right and, they, and there's actually a lot of evidence to suggest that in the brain memetics is almost and that's where the phrase meme comes from but like memetics is almost as powerful as genes or more powerful in some instances where like you know, that's where placebo effect comes in for instance that, yeah you know genetically you could be inclined to get cancer earlier but if you keep telling yourself you're healthy you could repair yourself essentially so I think that that's something that should be taken into consideration when you're thinking about that fun concept. But maybe, man, you know what I'm coming to, this is why I really cherish doing this podcast with you. It's just, you're able to, you're able to just play, play's not the right word, but you're you're able to just like talk through ideas and then it just, you kind of come to a conclusion. But I think, dude, I think the conclusion is, yeah. Hmm. I think the conclusion is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, dude. I think it actually is just enjoying shit. <coughs>
0: <laughs> we did a one-hour podcast asking, the, posing the question, "What is fun?" and and, and the answer is enjoying shit.
1: <laughs> Do you wow. Think? <laughs>
0: Yeah, but but that then it's the same questions. Like, can you just naturally enjoy things? Can you consciously tell yourself, "I'm gonna"? If you are suffering, if you do have cancer, can you can you train yourself to enjoy that? Like, what when you just say enjoying shit? I mean,
1: I think you can. I think it's just a perspective. I think it's just Uh, the wrong way I'm looking at it because fun seems like this thing of. Do this action now. It kind of sounds like to me fun is just not, not exactly the same, but kick a ball. <laughs> that's that's fun. Go kick a ball now. It's like the same action.
0: <laughs> you are a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I perceive that the way these kids are having fun by kicking a ball, it's the, it's the, it's the momentary pleasure of kicking that ball. <laughs>
1: I think you're right, yeah. I mean, you're right, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Is this robot wrong? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is the programming bang on?
0: Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. 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 And you know what? You can, I think, consciously change your perspective to be able to enjoy things more than what you may otherwise be if you're not uh, consciously trying to control that. But I also think there's a massive genetic factor, and we can never be those like fun-loving, free
1: spirit type. People. No, but it's the same. Like Neil, like what you were saying before about how you saw yourself as just some weedy little selective school Indian kid, and then you just started thinking to yourself, "No, actually, I'm muscly, and now look at you, you look roided." <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, you know yeah, I know. Know. <laughs> you're jealous of these aesthetics.
0: Ah, everyone's saying that now. Oh man, this guy's definitely juicing. <laughs> I know. Neil got on See? the juice. See? No. No, no that was all hard. natural. Ga- yes. But- fucking work hard, cunt.
1: That's what I'm saying. You can do the same thing with enjoying life, and it's probably a good thing to aspire to, surely. Yeah. Like, even enjoying the process Have you
0: Have you uh, tried... uh, Have you made any inroads in that regard? Or is this something you very recently thought about?
1: Dude, I just thought thinking about it during this conversation. Surely that is... That's the root... Because... God... Look, it's so autistic, isn't it? It's just like, watch comedy. Comedy is like, linked to creativity. I watch fun. What's the root of fun. You much be enjoying. Now, dude, I'll come back in this podcast six months later and just be like, you know, what, how do we get to enjoyment? It'll be that point. But mm. I think that, like, yeah, maybe the root of fun is just enjoying whatever the fuck you're doing. It's actually just being like, what I'm doing right now is sick. And not having this, you know what it is? You know that mindset yeah. of just being like, oh, things could be better at this moment.
0: Dude. or i'm working towards something yeah i'm doing this to get to this point you know what yeah you're right it's the old it's the old cliche it's like don't enjoy the destination enjoy the journey but it's it's true and it, it's a lot harder like with again we, we always say this but with any self-help advice it's so much harder uh to actually employ that rather than to just say it yeah because even the, okay so if i relate it to my personal experience the last couple of months i've it's been very busy for me. I've done a tour. I've been—it's uh, the most content I've ever produced this podcast, weekly videos that uh, the who not the who rather the um crossing the line web series came out. So it was a lot was going on, and I kept thinking to myself, oh, when I get to December, it'll be so, it'll be so, I'll be so relaxed. I won't have so much to do. I'll just just got to work through this to December, and then I and then the realization came that, well, no, I can still, I can still at least try to have fun during this period. Mm. Because that mentality of if I just get once I once I get to the holiday, oh, that'll be so so much more enjoyable. No, because then once you're there at the holiday, it's that same if you're if you're too forward think look, being forward thinking has served us extremely well and for the most part it's a it's something you should employ in your life. You should think to the future as you said in the last one of the last podcasts, think to where what you want to be when you're fifty, what you want to be in ten years and all that sort of stuff. But you got to be able to turn it off
1: during, during it. Yes. <laughs> See, yeah. that's, that's the real struggle. Yeah. So I, dude, that's what I'm both, saying. It's just like is when hard. you're doing your joke work process, because to me it is just a job. It is just like being an accountant at this point. Like I kind of just know what we were just saying then. Like I know how jokes sort of work. Hmm. And so you're just always just working towards getting the joke to that point. So maybe it is just that. Maybe it is just enjoying that process again and then your mind kind of just freely associates as a result of that. So it's the same, because what you're talking about is like, it's a, it's a concept in self-help called the psychology of arriving versus the psychology of striving. And striving always comes, see, this is the whole thing. I think that our mindsets, just by being in that zone, there is, it, it inherently breeds dissatisfaction. You can't be in that mode otherwise because if you're st- constantly right. striving towards something, being like, oh, yeah, my holiday is going to be good. Mm. Uh, so I've just got to get to that point then. You're actually not enjoying that moment. No.
0: that's You're, you're a, being dissatisfied that. by yeah. that
1: moment. Mm. And you're just being like, yeah, I can't wait until I'm there. Mm. So basically, it's kind of just the people that are having fun are the people that are able to switch off in their mind. Um, the this moment should be better than it is. Yeah. Cause just that you're thought right. breeds dissatisfaction. You're right,
0: and, and so, that's dude, so, and it, like that is probably what? what
1: happens when you're on stage. Do you think? Yeah, when yeah. Just,
0: because I think, oh, the this show should be going better than what it is. That's when the show
1: takes a nosedive. Mm. Yeah, wow. and, and, and you if you know just sat there and you were just like, dude, and don't you think the audience would fucking start laughing if it's just like, the, even if there's just like a a pause after a joke didn't work and you just stood there for a second, the joke would work. Everyone would just be like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, yeah. Could, yeah. It could. It could. could. But like I said, I just... Really, it's, it's Because comedy, like you said, it's accounting, it's our job. So we... It's our job to have fun while we're working. So everyone else who's working their nine-to-five job... They're not having, well, some might be, but for the most part, they're thinking, I just want to get this over and done with. Mm. I often go to gigs thinking, yeah, I just want to do the gig and then go home.
1: Yeah. And
0: that'll never, because it's our job to actually not be working because everyone else has come there to
1: escape from their job. Yeah. Mm. See, that is the job. Isn't it? It's like just trying to be in that zone. It's
0: to give off the impression that you're not at a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. It is, it's, it is it's just. It's, it's, so it's
1: hard. A, man, a, let's see. I mean, look, actually, there's something that I think everybody should remember for, is that every everything in life is like 80% of it is psychology. 80% of it. Because even when it comes to something like... Uh, um, you know even like bricklaying and shit like that it's 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 being able to get into the mindset to motivate yourself to learn the skills of bricklaying in the first place and then when you're there just like uh, again motivating yourself to just be in the zone for eight hours where you can do that is mm. everything is just about getting in that right mindset yeah. that you're supposed to be in for that
0: everyone telling me that i'm on roids it's all it's mental lifting is mm. it's actually so mental it is yeah
1: but everything so psychological. is because you're just constantly here yeah so you always just got to be at least monitoring those states where's your head drifting to yeah yeah so guess-
0: you're right man and and it's because your your brain is i think it's 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 an would you say that it's a sort of it's an evolutionary adaptation for us to be as forward thinking as possible and not only that for us to there always has to be a problem for us to continue to exist the the mind is always trying to create problems because that allowed you know the people the the cavemen who were like just having fun would have been killed by the bloody saber-toothed tigers most likely whereas the ones that were always forward thinking like no how can i protect this uh our little abode from the from the tigers here do you, yeah, think, do you think no, so, that abda- adaptation, it's just intrinsically built into us? Yes. I'm, pro- I'm you know, I'm just... No, 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 no. Hypothesising here. You would
1: want... You would want people... The, the ones that would be most successful would be the ones that are dissatisfied because they'd be yeah. the ones that are constantly trying to think about building up security and yeah. then just being like, this isn't secure enough.
0: Yeah, so we actually have to untrain that... Uh, biological facet of our character.
1: No, but I think that also the other thing is that that fun gene... And you can see it happening today because I like what I was just saying before, that there's some dudes that I know that are just fun. yeah. And so as a result of that, they go through life having fun and people just give them shit because it's just a good, happy energy to be around. And I think that those people... those were the travelers, and those were the ones that just you like spread that, different genes.
0: Yeah, and that could be an evolutionary adaptation as well, because if people are giving them resources, that's Enough something that would then pass by. on. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it would be passed on, and there was a reason that you would be giving them those resources, and it's because those people would be traveling around in different tribes to stop inbreeding. Wow! So I think there is definitely there's there's an evolutionary reason why. When that fun person comes into the party, everyone goes towards them. And usually, mm-hmm. as well, why that guy gets so much sex.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, back to this again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but don't you think that sex is a very good indicator of, like... Because, dude, I-, I think in general the way that sex kind of works is like a reward mechanism for men. It's just like, if you're getting sex, you're doing something right.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, that's why the incels are so... Because they're doing everything Angry. wrong. Angry, yeah, and then and because they're not being, they're not getting that reward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so you are striving towards that. And again, I think the reason that a lot of men that are just in that kind of fun state that do get a lot of sex is because they're not seeking it; they're just seeking fun vibes. And and women are especially attuned to fun vibes. Yeah. And you, I can see it actually a lot in the jokes that I make on stage, like the ones that are. There's definitely jokes that men laugh at more and women laugh at more, and I think men laugh at more aggressive, like aggressive, and, aggressive and well structured day. jokes. Well structured and aggressive jokes, and women laugh more at like silly, innocent, and also like catty shit. They also love like
0: yeah, that shit. sort of aggressiveness. They'll laugh they'll laugh at that. But if it's just a really
1: brutal, like line, dark no. joke, yeah, yeah, women a lot of the time are like, mm. <laughs> you know, whereas men are like. Dah! well yeah we're violent that's why yeah it it does satisfy that kind of like vanquishing (laughs) a foe yeah you know know what that's
0: it's yeah this that would be an interesting topic to explore the psychology of of gender when it comes to the responding to comedy
1: and there has been a lot written on this as well Oh, okay. I've read well, a little bit to, here and there. I'll
0: have to look into that.
1: But uh, the the general thing is, and it just it, it does kind of just move towards what our uh, I think I think the best way to decipher both of them is that men, and this is why there's such a thing as the dad joke, mm. you know, is because our minds are very analytical minds. Mm. Um, men appreciate well constructed jokes that have you know a, a level of wit or word play to them which is why you know dad jokes are just kind of shit versions of that, I guess. And then uh, women enjoy things that are kind of just embarrassing. They, they really like embarrassing stories. And when you look at a lot of female comedians, if they're not talking about just being like, fuck me, the other thing that they're always talking about is just being like, uh, have you ever just slept with someone and then just walked home with a walk of shame and then you forgot one shoe at their house? And everyone's like... <laughs> You know that that that's the kind of joke that they like. It's it's a bit yeah I can see yeah it's a it's, it's definitely a bit, um, correlation there yeah yeah it's personal it's, it's again just the interests of men and women <laughs> like men like things <laughs> women like people five percent
0: of our female audience is going to go down to two after this discussion (laughs) I don't think so because dude don't Uh, you think that
1: the 5% of women that are watching this they just have male brains and they're just sitting there being like yeah yeah, they just making a lot of uh, (laughs) shit and they'll be the ones that'll sit there and just be like but I'm a woman and I just find these analytical jokes I like analytical jokes and it's just like yeah but because dude you're Margaret Thatcher come on (laughs) (laughs) I think there's just like an element of there's just like an element of a masculine brain there
0: so the Margaret Thatcher women are the Friendly Geordies fans how ironic
1: yeah, but and again, this has changed a lot when mm. I've started doing a lot of bachelorette recaps, and I've noticed it. As Dude, soon they're as they're so funny, that. and
0: they're so funny, you do you got to do more. They're really funny. Well, I
1: need other fucking shows. That's the thing. It's oh, they'll like always come back. Season. They'll come back.
0: But the I, one you did on Jamie was it Jamie the fi- uh, Is he the firefighter or the? Yeah, yeah, he was the nice, the nice guy.
1: Yeah,
0: I can't. I always thought uh, you know what. We've got to wrap this up soon, but um, this is so unrelated. Uh, We'll relate it back to fun some way. That video, I didn't watch The Bachelorette, but that video you did seeing Jamie, who is a very good-looking, strong, well-built, chiseled man, and for him to have the nice guy mentality was really surprising for me because I always Mm. just assumed, all right, it's the unattractive men that are like that. And yeah. I would never perceive like a, 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 a buff, strong man like that to be a, a, a quote unquote nice, needy guy.
1: There's a lot of psychology playing at Jamie when you look at it that it makes a lot of sense. And I reckon that. I reckon he had a single mum. And I reckon his single mum oh, was. Yeah. uh Like, uh, everything you know about what? his upbringing uh, screams like. Uh, emotional incest to me like dude the fact that he became a fireman you know just it, it's such a white knight job isn't it who hates firemen there's such heroes they are heroes yeah aren't they? and like the the phrases that he'd be using for Ange, he just saw Ange as that damsel in distress in a castle that he was going to rescue like, do, you do you think it's the
0: enmeshment or do you think it was that their mother was absent so he was trying to win her love
1: well, actually, you know what? It could have been either of those things. That's very true. But there's definitely, there's definitely some mum issues at play there. Um, you really? So
0: much of whether a guy's... Um, I've been noticing this a lot lately, where whether a guy's, if they're one way or the other, they're really extremely needy, or they're um, just very dismissive of women altogether. It comes down to you know how girls have daddy issues. It actually it's the same thing with men, and it comes down to mummy issues.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because that's that that is how that those are your first impressions of how you relate to the opposite sex. It's just your dad or your mum. Oh man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's straight up. And you know what I think? And going back to the like a race, bringing a racial point in, it's because the tiger mom archetype of asian and indian mums are very they're not like lovey-dovey at all and that's why i think a lot of asian and indian men one do become that needy guy and two don't take risks and are not like the the forthright assertive masculine types
1: no generally speaking no it's yeah they're always being put in their place by their mums um and there's so so much
0: emotional guilt that emotional like, guilt why would and you know you what do else? That? you're making me upset
1: approval seeking
0: approval seeking because is they, massive yeah
1: never in those in those ha- families you never get approval that nothing's yeah. ever good enough yeah so it makes heaps of sense that you become needy <laughs> as an adult it makes so much sense and like the way that I the way that I interact with women it's exactly what happened with my mom I reckon it's it's that kind of a feel I reckon
0: yeah um, yeah, on the back, um, I can I can see that. Yeah. Like,
1: any time, because there's two ways that happens when you get that Oedipal complex happening, because it's just, a, look, again, emotional incest is just such a brutal word, but it does make a lot of sense that if a mum is spending all of her time with a kid... She's going to be like it's just kind of like the, the needs the emotional needs of what a husband gives, obviously not the sexual needs, but if the husband's constantly away mm. they're going to want the emotional needs from like the other male role that's in their house right It's just kind of like a weird side effect of the atomic family um,
0: mm. so that becomes the other the, that becomes the other end of the um, of, of, of male behavior that becomes the, the the man who is unwilling to get into a relationship and just wants to sleep around is that there's, there's those two
1: elements but the, i think the main thing that also happens when it comes from like that that kind of single mother upbringing two things happen the mum, and actually i think it was jordan peterson that was talking about this he was saying that the mum kind of gives this subconscious deal to the son which is that you don't ever have to grow up I'm giving you a free pass to be babied for the rest of your life, which is actually a pretty sweet deal, right? It means you never have to worry about shelter, food, Mm -hmm. anything. Like, you're just going to constantly be mollycoddled by your mum because they want you staying there for the rest of your life. Now, Mm -hmm. if you have an independent street to you, usually what happens is that you just get really rebellious, which is what I did to my mum, like still to this day i have such issues with her like such a detestable relationship with her so that's one aisle that happens and then the other ones that i see that happens with those kind of uh, oedipal relationships that happen is that they th- those kids just are man babies their entire life and they never leave home, and they still don't have a job, and yeah. like their, their mom, like it is a thirty-five-year-old man, but you can hear the mum still speaking to like a five-year-old. But then they also hate
0: their mum as well. They also hate. It's, their mom. I know a guy like that, it's, it, and he's and it's there, sad, dude. and he just goes and he sleeps around a lot. But then when he's with, it's like, you know, when you you have that the stereotypical like white kid versus the ethnic kid videos, where they're like, "Well, fuck off, mum, fuck you, I don't need you," and then the mum's like, oh, "What am I going to do with him?" He's like that and he's in his thirties.
1: Yep. Yep. And yeah, that, that is is a very common trait of what happens in those situations. And so I think that what happens after a while is like, yeah, it's the same thing with that attitude. It's not, I, I, I had the exact opposite reaction to women, I think. It's just every time. So some men, because of that mum upbringing, they're looking for approval from women, the, the per, woman that they're in a relationship it's with and other women. Me. It's just like, astute. as soon as a woman shames me, I've just like, shut, like just shut down, cut them off, just be like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> that's the yeah, end of right, that. It's right. just like, as soon as I get that, like you haven't met my standards, I'll, I'll just, that, that's the end of the conversation. I'm just like, fuck you. I don't need your, I don't need your approval you don't control my life and it's just because you're that so Because you've back. just
0: wanted to break free for so long, is that what it is?
1: Well and and did at a very young age as well actually. Like at about twelve I was just like, I'm not living with you anymore. Fuck off. And I honestly think 12? that if I wasn't yeah, if 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 my parents weren't split up, which they would have been split up anyway, but if they weren't split up, or say that I didn't know my dad. Dude, I reckon I probably would have just been homeless at, like, 14 or some shit. Like, I was, I was a very, very wow. disobedient kid, and she was a very imposing mother, like, a very strong-willed mother. And so, as a result, I have issue with that now. So, like, mm. I can't stand shaming, which I guess is the exact opposite of approval. So, a lot of this shit just kind yeah. of just depends on what your fucking upbringing was and yeah. how you're going to deal with that. I'd
0: probably be on the other side of the
1: spectrum. So you'd be looking for approval. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And not and I've and I've tried to analyze that as well and I don't think it's just all comes down to the mother. It comes down to a lot of what you don't get in when you're young and in adolescence you you overcompensate and, and seek out to the nth degree later in your life. So I've I've always thought people who are really poor growing up and if they become insecure about that poverty, they are the ones that chase money more than anything. And in the same way, if you just don't if you don't get attention from girls and you don't get and also a little bit of that from your mother as well, yeah, you become very approval seeking. Yeah. And you need that more than anything.
1: Right. Yeah. See, look. I think that honestly, enjoying it, it, it really is the more that I'm thinking about this, just to wrap this conversation up, I guess. It, it yeah. seems like yeah. that that is just a panacea for all of it though. It yeah. really does. I mean, it, when it comes to approval, if you're just enjoying the moment, you're not going to be thinking about approval. No. You, and in fact, when you are enjoying the moment, you are actually the one that is giving out approval, which is something that I was actually yeah, talking right. about recently in a self-help video that I was doing where I was just saying that, uh, what you want to be in life to get the pulse is approval giving as opposed to approval seeking. Yeah. Approval seeking moves women away Damn. but giving approval brings them forward. You
0: know what it is even in this podcast. I've I like how I'm always like oh the, the 5% keep listening.
1: <laughs> yeah like
0: seeking their approval. You are. Jesus.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> me every time I just like, dude fuck him. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Like I don't need your fucking Yeah, exactly. It is just I don't need your approval and yours is like no no I do. I please, <laughs> please Keep listening. (laughs) All right. We should um, end it. We should end it. Yeah. Wow. This is getting
0: dark. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. And.